0: I'm looking for a man who calls himself Buccio. That's all. But you had to do it the hard way. Welcome everyone to the fourth episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. Uh, my name is Matthew, I'm the host, and joining us again on the line is Paul Hoppy. Paul, you want to say hello?
1: Yeah, what's up? Uh, this is Paul Christopher Hoppy. Um... I'm a little sleep deprived, so you know. Hopefully, things will get a little wacky pretty fast.
0: (laughs) Not too hard, given our subject matter today. Um, Right. Today we're going to be talking about revenge. Uh, Revenge being a topic that comes up pretty often in the the superhero genre, in terms of both heroes and antagonists, Uh, and focusing especially on uh, the movie Desperado that I know you and I both love, as well as the character of the Punisher, Frank Castle, Um, and kind of looking how. On some level, these are very similar characters, but there's also, you know, obviously perceived pretty differently. And and so using that to kind of jump into this whole topic of, of revenge and, and how we feel about it. Um, but I want to start by just, you and I, I mean, I think can probably quote most of the Desperado movie line by line. Um, but a lot of our listeners may not be as familiar with it. So, Paul, why don't you start by just telling us a little, like, give me the 30-second summary for the audience of what is Desperado, why is it an awesome movie, and, and, and how is it relevant to what we're talking about?
1: Well, it's pretty much the best. Um, <laughs> it's one of those movies that I had that fear that I would go back, and despite loving it like outrageously 20 years ago, I'd be like, eh, I don't know if it'll hold up. It holds up. It really does. Um, you know, short synopsis, uh, dude falls in love with a woman. She gets shot by a drug dealer. They shoot him in the hand. He used to be a guitar player, can't play guitar anymore, so he goes around and kills apparently all the drug dealers in mexico
0: <laughs> pretty much
1: yeah it's and... a new woman who also kills a few of them you know which is cool i like that she's kind of in on it
0: yeah and uh, yeah I, I, I had the exact same experience you did i rewatched it recently and i was just i, I i'd forgotten just how much i loved this movie the music is amazing steve Buscemi yes. gives maybe the be- one of the best performances of his career um and and, and i want to start by just talking about why i think it's perfect for us to talk about in in this in this setting because it, it Many people wouldn't probably think of it this way, but but to me when I watch it, this is a movie that is very clearly heavily influenced by comic books, by video games, by but to me this is a superhero movie. It's not quite, you know, it's not based on an actual comic book, but it fits pretty solidly in this genre. And that's everything from you know the character being introduced in this kind of like, you know, bigger than life way, that the shadows are always falling on his face to the absolutely mm. ridiculously over-the-top, cartoonish violence that we see, where guns leap into his hands—I mean, th- th- can we safely say that th- even though it's not based on a comic book, this is a comic book movie? Y-
1: you can—you can say that. I think that's a—that's <laughs> an, an argument you can make. I, I, It—it shares—it ticks off all the boxes. Yeah. You know, whether or not Robert Rodriguez is—is is, is like a comic book reader, or I mean, comic book movies weren't really much of a thing when Desperado came out, yeah. you know, there, that one of the bad Batmans had, had happened <laughs> just before it. Uh, I'm not, I think Batman forever had been the most recent Batman uh-huh. and Batman and Robin was the next comic book movie that was going to happen. So, yeah. you know, but, but yeah, Desperado, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a pulp <laughs> fiction basically, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, Robert Rodriguez, the director and writer and, I mean, he also films, you know, uh, does cinematography and right. edits and does comp- – composes mu- music for um, – he does all of those three things for um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which is like the third movie in the trilogy. Yep. In Desperado, I think he only edits it along with directs and writes, But he's got this just ridiculously visual style where it sort of – I almost – feel like, like when people talk about Zack Snyder, cause we, we have to, we have a quota, right? We have yeah, to mention every, every yeah.
0: superhero ethics episode, podcast, blog. We have to always mention that Zack Snyder is the worst. So right. that box is so, checked. We can move on with our lives. Okay.
1: Very good. <laughs> but people always talk about like the sort of visual genius or whatever like that. You know, I mean, he literally makes comic book movies that look like comic books. Right. Um, or that's the idea kind of right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Rodriguez does that without having any actual comic book source material. It's just, you know, the, the colors, the, you know, like his heroes like dressed in, in black with a white shirt and it's always bleeding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are always bleeding, but then the, the background, you know, it's, it's got those kind of like Mexican, like bright yellowy orange colors. and yep. And there's that scene where there's all those like multicolored blankets that he's like pushing out of his way to, walk away from uh-huh. a place you just killed very many people
0: <laughs> yeah i think that's right i mean I, I you're a much more visually oriented person than i am so i don't even think of the visual but but i think that definitely captures the style and also just the way the character is introduced um for those, mm-hmm. for those who haven't seen the movie that it, it opens with this wonderful scene of steve buscemi <laughs> so sitting good. sitting in a bar telling the story of this character killing everybody else in a bar and he tells it in this ridiculously over-the-top, larger-than-life style, and where, like, he's giving the voiceover while we're seeing it, but, like, you know, we're told that the, he's the biggest Mexican he's ever seen, and that the, 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 the um, light never seems to quite show his face, that he's always in shadow.
1: And, uh, it's that it's that the shadows bend to his will. Yes, wail.
0: exactly. For vampire lovers, you know, this is a La Sombra, clearly. Yes. He's, he's uh, gotten mad at the <laughs> celebration. And, and the first ever scene of him having a gun is he's opened up this guitar case and the gun literally leaps up into his hand. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's no possible physics explanation for this. It's just in that first moment we're saying something truly weird is going on here and who cares because it's an awesome movie
1: yeah it's i mean he's he's the you know typical kind of unpowered superhero like like batman who's got he's got crazy toys you know he's right. got a, a guitar case full of guns yeah. and which is that's like his utility belt you know <laughs> and it's just you know i mean he kills people with them which isn't you know really batman's jam but it's like right. it's that same sort of like you know i've i've got these tools that i'm going to use and you know, I I like physics. You know, let's not let's not get hung up on physics and like gravity and you know whether or not it can jump off backwards from a building while shooting at people with you know a couple of fifty caliber des- Desert Eagles. You know, like don't don't just don't just don't worry about it. I, I mean, <laughs> in, lo- it.
0: in a lot of ways, in that same way, to me, Deadpool feels very much like in a similar vein to this movie. You know, Deadpool. Oh, yeah, Deadpool sure. obviously is based on a comic book in a way that this a whole series of comic books in a way that this right. is not but Deadpool has that same element of from the very beginning they're saying look stop trying to make this a reality we are going to mm. entertain the hell out of you for the next two hours and tell you a wonderful story with great characters and if you think too much of it none of it makes or too hard about it none of it makes sense but who the right. hell cares because this looks great and, and is just a great movie um, uh, and, and, and to me that makes sense because they're both you know, these are both two characters who want nothing. They, they basically just straight up want revenge on the people who hurt them.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> there, there is the the difference. So I would put Deadpool in, like, the Frank Castle kind of category. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, Mariachi from, from Desperado in sort of the uh, – the Inigo Montoya category which yep. we, we can kind of get to that and like what those like what the hell I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> a little bit but but like yeah I mean Deadpool yeah they're they both certainly start out like their only motivation is like you know you ruined my life I'm going to destroy you now oh no you know what in Deadpool his goal actually is at first is like you're gonna cure me right you know? Um, and then his goal ends up being like, oh, you can't do that. Okay, I'm I'm going to turn you into a, a shisker bob. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that actually is true. He starts as a different motivation. And and in, um, in Desperado ar- – Oh, yeah. go
1: ahead. I just said I would I would argue that in Desperado his motivation actually changes.
0: To be, to be sure. To be sure. The
1: opposite way. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, and, and so let, let's step back a little bit and talk about – because to me the – where I was going though, originally, just with that Deadpool Desperado, but the one the thing I should say is that, t- to me, one other aspect of making um, the, the main character of, of Desperado a superhero, we never really learn his name. He's just yeah. – he, well, he meets a character at the very end who knows his name and says his name. Right. But we all just remember him as El Mariachi. And that's yeah, he's, how he's, listed he's, he's the, in
1: the man credits. with no name. He, what, did you say Clint Eastwood while I was talking over you?
0: <laughs> no, I said he, that's how he's listed in the credits, oh. but yes, you're right as well.
1: Oh, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's the man with no name, you know, and it, and it definitely, it's like, we don't need to know this character's name in order to, like, feel things about him, you know, right. or to, to have a have a really clear impression of, like, who this is.
0: Right. Well, and so let, let's step back a little bit and talk about, you know, so so we've got here a couple of different things, you know, um Anígo Montoya as you mentioned, El Mariachi, uh Deadpool, um and, and Revenge is playing a different role in each of these. And so, so let's step back. What where do we where do we think of revenge as a as a motivation? You know, I mean, is this it is is a person out for revenge someone we're generally going to be rooting for? I
1: I think there's a couple things that we need in order to make a revenge story really good because a lot of them are terrible. Yeah. You know, and I would say that um, when an antagonist is motivated primarily by revenge, it often is terrible. And maybe that's mostly because I've watched too much Arrow, the TV (laughs) series, you know? And, like, they actually have villains who I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is an interesting villain. Why are you so focused on this one thing?" and it like it just doesn't yep. it doesn't play right. And I, and I have some thoughts on how they could fix that, but
0: <laughs> I, I you man, know, I mentioned it in my blog post recently, but I think the same thing is true about um Suicide Squad. There's, yeah. there's so much I love about that, but part of what makes the Enchantress and her brother such a weak villain Is that they're really only motivated by this kind of revenge, want to get my power back, want to punish the people who took my power. I mean, there's not really much there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd say the worst thing about those characters is almost everything about those characters. (laughs) Um,
0: that's also true.
1: And, like, the best thing about Suicide Squad as a movie is how little I cared about how little I cared (laughs) about that main plot aspect. It was just like... I, I was like, I don't really care what's going on there, but like, I don't really care that what's going on there because, you know, the, the again, getting like to kind of bring it back to like why a revenge story can work is if you care about the characters seeking revenge. Right. Right. Like, I think, the, I think the story needs to establish a certain level of empathy there, mm-hmm. um, and. But then also, I, th- I think one thing that can actually really help is if... <laughs> this is going to be funny, but, like, if no one on either side of the revenge story is, like, a comic book villain. Yeah. I mean, they can literally be a comic book villain. That's fine. Right? But, like, uh, I guess to use your phrase from uh, episode three, a mustache twirler. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, and, the you know, like, one thing in Desperado is that, like, the main bad guy who is in many... Um, respects like a kind of generic villain. Villain, mm-hmm. you know, like kills henchmen to demonstrate strength, and like you know has has this cavalier attitude toward um, uh, you know the people
0: everyone he works who works for yeah him.
1: basically everyone life and death yada yada yada. Uh, but like somehow they do establish uh, maybe part of it's just Joaquim de Almeida. Uh, that like like mm-hmm. the actor that like. He just has charisma, you know, right. and he has a good performance. But also, like they—they they show his side of the story, yep. like at least I don't know. I—I I guess like close to a third of the screen time. Well, yeah, and especially that's probably overstating it, but at least 25 percent.
0: Because one of the running plot points in here is that he's under pressure himself from the Colombians who he works for. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that so that we that... kind
1: of sympathize with him.
0: Well, and, and I, I want to—I definitely want to dive into that, but I want to step back even a little further just to talk about, like, you know, in our first ep, uh, podcast together, we talked about how Batman is against vengeance and revenge right. as motivations. Um, so, so, and I think that's kind of part of why I wanted us to get into this whole topic. I think both of us is, it I think both of us have some issues with the idea of vengeance on a general level, and that's why it's kind of funny that we can love a movie like Desperado, which is straight up about, you know, are at least... To some extent, it's straight up about revenge. Right. Um, so, so let's just start there. Like, what what's the problem with with revenge as a motivation? And I don't mean in a story way, but in a kind of uh, right. Well, this, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So I
1: was actually um, <laughs> I was watching something on the on the news yesterday on uh-huh. you know independent news on, online, um, and they're talking about the end of the civil war in Colombia. Yep. Where they're um, I think they have, like, a voter referendum where the people can vote whether or not they're going to ratify this treaty with the, the guerrillas, uh, you know, the um, – I think they're, like, the the pro-communist forces that, ha- that they've been warring, like, for 50, 52 years or whatever, like right. a civil war, right? And, like, they've bombed churches, they've killed kids and family and whatever, but, like, they've – but there's also been, you know, terrible violence like that on the other side and – it's it's like if your goal is like in real life right if your goal is vengeance like it never ends because yeah. one side takes some vengeance then the other side takes vengeance for that and then the other side takes vengeance for that and it just goes on forever unless you know one group basically just totally eliminates the other group which you know also generally like let's let's not do that you know <laughs> I, <laughs> and so like just just so like vengeance doesn't actually fix anything in in the real world you can't bring someone back from the dead by killing another person
0: yeah i mean i know when uh we're not gonna dive too much into the, the geopolitics but i think that's a great mm-hmm. example and i know for me the other one that i always think of is uh nelson mandela yes when, they mentioned that <laughs> oh, oh i'm glad yeah because i think yeah. when, when um you know, when apartheid ended in South Africa, there was a big push to sort of, you know, punish the white folks. And, and he right. and he really did – with the the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that was formed in South Africa, they really did something amazing of saying how can we both have a full understanding of all of the terrible things that happened, not sweep anything under the rug, really let all the people who were harmed tell their stories and acknowledge the terrible things that happened. But now, not try to have vengeance, not try to punish all the people who did apartheid. You know, I mean, punish criminality for sure, yes. but not yes. try to say now it's the the turn of the the uh, Africans to rule, and so therefore we should do terrible things to the white colonialists. And you know, but right. but really try to to work towards reconciliation.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, truth and reconciliation. Like you need to start with truth and be like, this stuff happened, right? right. And then, but then actually come to a place where you can be like okay, we can actually now move forward, you know accepting that like we're wounded by the past, but that if we just stay in the past, then then like it owns us basically and that's right. you know that's a, a thing in, in revenge stories too is that like you know the the act of uh, of like, Living your life just for revenge—it it destroys the person seeking revenge as much as the person that they might ultimately seek revenge on.
0: And and here's the funny thing because I I'll admit when I when I started the idea that I thought we we're going to do this podcast, my memory of Desperado is of a straight up revenge story. Right. And and I was really interested because when you go back and watch the movie, and by the way, we should insert a spoiler warning Spo- at some point. Spoiler alert! Huge <laughs> amount of spoilers for Desperado, Deadpool, um. The, the fact that Zack Snyder is terrible. Um, right, right. Batman, the Gotham show, I know we're going to talk about. Um, Princess yeah. Bride. Spoiler, Aninga Montoya does kill the six-fingered man. Hey, hey, um, <laughs>
1: hey. That was totally unnecessary. <laughs>
0: I just said a spoiler warning a second ago. I don't, um, I don't know what to do with my life. I know, I know.
1: He, the... he he covers that well there, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, like, I, that's all he's been. Now he's like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that... Well, but, but I do... Okay, so so my point being that I think <laughs> what I, I had forgotten is that Desperado, Desperado, I think sort of it, it 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 holds the line in a really interesting way, because to me part of the revenge fantasy stories is that we are rooting for the character to get revenge, and so right. as he is killing t- hundreds of people or dozens of people, right. we're sort of going yeah go you you know when Inigo Montoya stabs a single figured man. We are so happy that his, you know, his father's soul can rest, and he's gotten his vengeance. Um, and I think Desperado does this really interesting thing of both letting us root for that, but also showing over the course of the movie that that vengeance is not helping this character, and he needs no. to move away from that.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that like ultimately he does, bef- like he. So we covered the spoiler thing, right? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Like, you know, you were you were saying when we were discussing it, like discussing discussing it, like, I mean, he 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 gets mo- basically everybody who he cares about. Yeah. Before the movie starts, dies. by the <laughs> end of the movie, they're all dead, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Steve Buscemi's character dies. Who does that character have a name? I don't even remember. I
1: don't. I don't know if he does.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like Steve Buscemi is just so clearly always Steve Buscemi that he really yeah. should just be named, you know, Steve Buscemi in Fargo, Steve Buscemi in Desperado. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. He dies, his two guitar-playing friends, who he literally just comes and says, hey, can you come and join me and have this big battle where you're both probably going to die? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, but, you know, and and but I think that there's, like, there's a wonderful scene in the movie where Steve Buscemi, you know, calls him out on this and says, yeah. you know, this vengeance kick is killing you and is gonna um you know and i don't want any part of it anymore
1: right yeah and and like not even in the like look it's wrong like let the police handle it because like there there are there are no police in that right. world right <laughs> they they literally just do not exist never um, seen yeah um so and i think that's an important distinction in the inigo montoya to uh frank castle continuum which right. will just continuously allude to, it and then hopefully never uh, actually explain. Well, no, actually,
0: act- oh, go ahead. I was gonna say then we're gonna segue oh, into
1: just, it. Oh, but- just that, um, that, uh, that, you know, there, there's no like, well, is this right or wrong? It's just like, look, like this, it's, it's whether it's useful or not useful, basically. It's right. like, is this actually accomplishing anything? And it's like, he finally kind of gets to the point where he's like, you know what, I'm not gonna, like, forget it. Like, let's just leave. Right. And then she's like, no, no, if we just leave, he's going to kill me because now he knows I'm with you. So, like, you have to kill him now. Yeah. You know? And so then at the end, it's like he's actually – it's not about revenge. It's about, um, like, trying to preemptively protect someone from someone else basically.
0: Well, and which is – and I, I want to get to the segue, but there's one thing I've got to say about this here. And for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, the movie ends with – the De- El Mariachi and the Selma Hayek. Char- I don't remember any characters. In the- I think she's Carolina. Carolina. Okay, I've remembered one character yeah, name. Um Very good. Um, yeah. But the two of them walk right into the um, the home of the, the main villain, Bucho, um, and you know the, he literally walks with her into his home, and then a situation
1: like with no guns
0: with, drawn. With too. no guns drawn. No no plan. <laughs> and what very quickly happens is a situation where Bucho is going to kill Carolina and so El Mariachi kills him first and it's right. a great kind of comic book way it happens and we never see that the rest of that final battle
1: yeah it's just fade to black listen to gunfire
0: but i thought it was kind of funny that what basically happens is he's decided that vengeance is not a good enough reason to kill Bucho especially because again here spoiler warning spoiler alert um we learn that Bucho is his brother um, which is another part of the, the, the whole idea of the seeing the humanity behind the mask of the bad right. guy. And so he does – and he has a chance to kill him at that point and he doesn't because he finds out he's his brother. And so now he basically winds up creating a situation where another person he loves has mortal danger facing them. And right. he kills Bucho to save the mortal danger that yeah. he absolutely created.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's, totally his
0: fault. There's no way he could think he could walk into that situation, and the chance of Carolina going with him and winding up dead isn't a very high probability.
1: Right. Although she is like, no, no, I'm going with you, and he's like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I mean that that is true, but
1: um. But yes, no, the whole situation is his fault. Yeah. You know, and, if he didn't show up in Santa Cecilia, like none of that would have happened.
0: And and I think that's just kind of an interesting thing of like, yes. He find there is a very good reason for him to kill Bucho that isn't vengeance. Right. But it's a reason that is 100% his creation.
1: Oh yeah, totally, totally.
0: Um, and and so let's get back. But but so we've been talking a lot about that one movie, and let let's go to the other end of the scale and talk about Frank Castle. Um, because mm-hmm. Frank Castle, the Punisher. Um, and again, just to set up, uh, my main knowledge of that character comes from the Daredevil TV show season two. I know you've seen some of the Punisher movies as well. Yeah, um,
1: both. I think there were only two.
0: And he's not someone, I think, that, that uh, certainly I don't think of him as a hero in Daredevil. And I know that you have kind of similar thoughts. So talk, why Why doesn't Vengeance work for Frank Castle?
1: Right. Well, I mean – Well, it works okay. for him,
0: but I mean like for right, us. Right, right, right.
1: I mean I think it does, but I think it's 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 clearly different right. from from for El Mariachi, right? And it's – so so just to – yes. All right. I was going to go on a thing, which I guess I'm going on now about how like the first two Punisher movies uh-huh. just were not good. Yeah. Right. And like, just cause they weren't good movies. Right. Like the, the villains never are relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, the hero isn't really relatable. Like I never really cared about Frank right. or Frank's family. And so that, that's kind of a failure in storytelling more right. than it is a failure of the story itself. Right. Well, and- um,
0: part of what i remember i mean again i haven't seen those movies but i certainly had a lot of friends who were huge fans of the the punisher comics when yeah. i was young, when i was in more middle school but also high school and i remember hearing from them about the comics and then when the movies came out i i didn't want to see this because they were saying oh this character is so awesome like he gets right. vengeance on all those bad guys right and that was hitting all of my like i don't really think vengeance is a great thing
1: yeah yeah um well so so in so daredevil season 2 i think um, kind of puts it in perfect perspective
0: right. where
1: we have a Frank Castle that over time we we learn to relate to. Right. right? Which, I mean, just an amazing portrayal. Yeah, some uh, of the and, best
0: acting I've seen in that show.
1: Yeah, and, and I had in a show with just across the board great acting, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's a hot bar um, already. And it's, it stands out ab- ab- above that. And he... It's a character where you know we can relate to what he's doing. We can not necessarily think like it's the best approach. But the the thing is, the reason Frank Castle in that world is different from El Mariachi or Inigo Montoya, um, in, you know, Desperado or the Princess Bride or whatever, Daredevil exists yeah. in 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 the you know the the Marvel universe. Like the Avengers exist and they live in New York, you know? Um, which oddly like they're called the avengers but they're like really <laughs> they' have doing to anything have, yeah. regarding <laughs> <magic>. but what <laughs> one, just one bad tony
0: stark like tony stark right line
1: exactly and... exactly yeah. yeah outside of that <laughs> um but you know so th- with frank castle we can look at what he's doing and also like there's a lot of cops right yep um of questionable <laughs> integrity but we can look at what Frank Castle's doing and say, like, isn't there a better way? Like, at the very least, there's another way. Yeah. You know? Whereas, like... I mean, yeah, Inigo Montoya, like, just wants to kill the 6 Finger Man because he killed his father. But, like, the 6 Finger Man also is, like, writing a book about torture. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's also plotting a kind of... Re- I don't even remember really... To- oh, yeah, they're trying to, like, plot a getting they're... like support for like a war with either gilder or St- where you know yeah, whatever he, he wants it, it,
0: it's a mustache twirling i'm gonna help this other guy take over the world
1: right exactly and like that's a this is a very bad man <laughs> like doing very bad things to help another very bad man who's kind of a, a punk like right. <laughs> do uh, you know do very bad things and so like it's not like an Ego Montoya can like go to the cops and be like, "Hey, this this guy killed my dad. Like, okay, I need you to check this out. I need you right. to like do something about this, you know? And like, I know who he is. Like, he, there's there's not like he's just got to kill him. Like, that's that world, yeah. You know? And it's like there is no other authority. And in Desperado, there are literally no cops, you know? And and while you know drug dealers, like, I don't I don't think there's necessarily something inherently like oh you've got to kill all the drug dealers but like the, you know this is a guy the bucho right yep. the main villain or the main bad guy whatever who has taken an entire town and basically bought it out you know and mm-hmm. and yeah he gives money to people at their wedding you know and and he's some sort of charismatic but like he's he's ruling the town through through terror basically and you know nobody's going to stop him unless this guy stops him
0: well, and I, you I, think, know. I think that that's really essential because to me, when I think about it, when I think – it's like for me as someone who – you know, if you tell me like, oh, yeah, someone's out – if a friend of mine says this person hurt me and I want to go hurt them back, I'm going to be right. like, I don't think that's a great idea. Yeah. Both because I think it's going to hurt you and I just I, – I have a real problem with revenge. Right. But, but when I look at – but obviously I love – I can really enjoy rooting for a revenge story. And I, I think a big part – A, I have to really – it was interesting what you said about in Desperado because you do sympathize you, you do see it from his perspective yeah. but you see him do some terrible things you know yeah. like the he has sex with a woman and blows cigar smoke into her <laughs> mouth when she tries to kiss him I mean like right, there, right, there, right. there are things that are done to just so clearly show like this is a person in my last podcast... This guy bad. <laughs> yeah. In my last podcast, I talked about the, you know, how badly do you want Captain America to punch this person in the mouth scale? Of, right, you right. Know, because of that great picture of Captain America punching Hitler. Yeah, and-
1: yeah. This guy's like a tick below Hitler, but <laughs> he's not, you know. And, and that's, uh, I-,
0: I think that the-, the-, the revenge stories, at least that I love, are the ones where, A, it is so clearly established that this is just a bad person we're going after. But the other thing is that, where there's a degree of unreality present, you know, where right, I'm right. being told this is a myth, this is a fairy tale, this is a, a story out of bounds of the regular world. And, and so we're not, as well as, I mean, generally it's the comedies where I love the, the revenge story, you know, Deadpool, Desperado, mm, Princess yeah. Bride. And then it's things like the Batman stories and, and um, Daredevil, which, granted, the sentence is a little odd given those two stories but where they're trying to be more reality based (laughs) and yeah yeah. no it's true and and they are showing like i think think part of the you don't care about the morality of deadpool because he says from the beginning who cares about morality i'm gonna have a lot of fun um and he's sort of just got to go along with it deadpool and batman and and some of the other stories i feel like they're very clear sorry yeah daredevil and batman are very clearly trying to say, we want to, as a story, wrestle with the morality of what's going on. And so because of that, you can't just say, well, revenge is great. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as someone who, who sort of really doesn't care about morality and the <laughs> like, <laughs> like, should, shouldn't kind of way, right? like, but who definitely is like, there's a lot of things that I look at in a way that like you might look at as in terms of morality that I look at in terms of like, does this work? Like, is this a reasonable way to proceed? You right. know? And like it just in the world of daredevil and, um, Batman, which also is funny cause they're two separate worlds. Uh-huh. Um, although there's a comic book with both of them, which <laughs> I just, I have, I have to get my hands on that. Um, but the, the, um, the, the the thing about their worlds, really, is that, like, they have options, right? And they, like, I mean, we talked about Batman at length and, and kind of why he chooses the path he does. And, you know, Matt Murdock, like, he had something bad happen to him, but it wasn't really, like, done by a person. Right. Mostly, he's just, you know, like Batman. He sees the world the way it is he doesn't like the way it is and he's like I'm going to change it you know and he really wrestles with like what do I have to do to change it what can I do what should I do do I you know do I want to kill this guy and I'm like there was that perfect quote from the you know the priest that I'm afraid I'm going to butcher but it's basically like are you afraid that you're going to have to kill him and you don't want to or that or are you afraid that you want to kill him? Right. You know, and don't have to basically, like and and will because you want to and you're afraid of that. And and I, I think that his um you know, his Catholicism there like really kinda stands in for his like uh sort of internal barometer right. of like, you know, what he should or shouldn't do and and so I think when a story does set up like okay, we're gonna talk about like whether or not this is the right thing to do um or whether or not it's gonna give you any peace even or because you know Daredevil's not a revenge story yeah but I mean per se like not not the ones broadly speaking right um whereas you know Batman very easily could have been right. a revenge story right, but it's not and and you know maybe that's a good um to segue to, to Gotham I don't know
0: yeah I mean I, yeah I mean because I think I think you're exactly right I think um, there's that wonderful scene in the TV show Gotham that we, we talked about a bit before but where young Bruce Wayne has the chance to enact vengeance on the person who who um, who killed his parents um, yeah and there's an extent to which we learn there's a whole like web of other people who are behind it and and that that's a whole other uh, issue Right, but and so, maybe he wants
1: vengeance on them now, yeah. which I don't know, whatever. But, but so, what, let's just focus on the one thing. Yeah,
0: why, why did you think – I think we, we talked about it a little bit before, but just to briefly rehash, why do you think it's so important in, in terms of this discussion of vengeance that yeah. Bruce doesn't kill him?
1: Because it's just – it's not who he's going to be, yeah. and like he didn't necessarily know that yet, but he, he sees this guy who's just this professional killer, right? Yep. That's all he is. That's what he does. That's what he's known. And you can look at him and be like, oh, well, he's a monster, you know? Like, he serves no, like, purpose to society or whatever. But, like, at the same time, it's just, like, he's just a guy who did that thing, and he does that sort of thing. And, like, killing him isn't going to actually change any anything that, you know, that Bruce cares about. Like, what he yeah. cares about is... <laughs> his parents and his parents are dead and so like they don't come back you know Mm -hmm. that that doesn't that doesn't happen by by killing this guy and so instead you know he's going to eventually be decide you know what i can work towards a world where fewer people are killed that's like the thing from him is like building the world he wants to see right? right And it's not that like, oh, this one specific guy has to not be in it. It's like, you know, there there's another way for him, there's another way.
0: Well and I think that that's that really goes back to what you were saying about the does this work or not? And and how right. vengeance just creates that cycle that never ends. Because I think that's one of the you know, for both I, I for both Daredevil and for uh, Batman it seems a lot of what they're trying to do is to end the cycle rather than yeah. to just, you know, continue it going round and round and round. And, and I also think it's interesting, and I'm curious if you would see it the same way. I, and, and granted, it's not just these two characters, but these are, I think, the best examples. Both Daredevil and Batman are vigilantes who have decided, mm-hmm. you know, that they're kind of like what they're doing is is illegal. Like, I mean, they are right. taking the law into their own hands, and they're going yeah, they'll break the law. Yeah, they're going to break the law to try to protect, you know, the larger ideas of like, you know, stopping crime and and right. keeping people safe. And I feel like both of them wrestle with the idea that like they're kind of on the edge you know and that mm-hmm. it would be easy for them to fall into becoming Frank castle or becoming for the Batman yeah. the phantasm or one of the other or like...
1: becoming the snyder flack
0: right? yeah no exactly yeah. Um, um that's a great word by the way the snyder flack um but it doesn't but... actually have a bat
1: or a man in it at <laughs> all but, but but we know what we're saying
0: but I, but I like the idea that vengeance isn't the only thing but it's one of the ways that they've sort of drawn a line where they've yeah. said kind of like part of how i'm going to make sure i don't fall too too far down that hole is to say i'm going to make sure i'm not motivated by vengeance um so yeah, yeah
1: and it it lets them sort of stay pure or like true to their their ideals you right. know that they've set for themselves and they can do that because I mean there's a few things but like they both exist in worlds with corrupt police departments. Yep. Right. That there's but but there's some hope for those legal systems. Yeah, like it's yeah. it, it's
0: interesting taking what you're saying about Anigo Montoya where in his world yeah. there's nothing at all here there, there's something but it's still pretty broken.
1: Right. And like and so th- this is where, you know, we'll I'm, I'm going to now reveal the Frank Castle to an eagle – the castle to Montoya scale. Okay, basically. go for it. Okay. So Frank Castle exists in a world with Daredevil. Right. You know, he exists in a world that's like a world that could have a Batman. He exists in a world that has a police force that, yes, is corrupt, but not every member of that police force is corrupt. You know, there are politicians who – many of them, yes, are corrupt – but not every one of those politicians is corrupt. And so he's making a choice. Okay, there's a system that I think is broken, and I'm gonna completely ignore it and just do things exactly the way I think, without any, without any hope that maybe, you know, that system can can deal with this problem. Right. Right. Whereas there are people like Daredevil or or Batman in in these types of worlds who are like, well. I think the system is broken, and I recognize that, and so I'm not going to just, like, trust it to fix everything. But, like, I'm going to break the law, in, but kind of trying to, like, in spirit, you know, uphold what I think it should be for and what I think it can be for. And, like, Batman captures his villains, and he sends them to to a, you know, to get psychiatric help basically, yeah, and, and um, which doesn't always work out so well <laughs> for the psychiatrist, but <laughs>
0: and, and Batman, I think, is, con- I mean I like, think one of the things that's established so well is that one of the first things he does is to find one of the people he thinks is, like, one of the few good policemen in Jim Gordon, yeah. and then to really try and say, like, I want my work to inspire you to to, to make the police better, you know? Right,
1: and that's, that's where, like, the Dark Knight to, like the time between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, like, he did it, you know? Like, okay, like, Gotham's, like, peaceful now, and the cops are doing cop things instead of, well, like, you know, bad things. (laughs) Which, you know, cops do, too, in the real world, but, like... This is also true. Yeah, but, but, you know, there's some hope that, like, that can work. And in Daredevil, like, you know... Daredevil, he he arrests Wilson Fisk. He, <laughs> yeah, or he, you know they take him in, and and I mean he arrests the Punisher. You know he yeah. he finds him and he's like, you know what, I'm I'm bringing you in. And I mean in both cases, yeah, the the cops bring him in, right? But but that's the point. Right. Like he he apprehends the people who are operating outside the law, and then he lets the law bring them in, and then he goes on and does his his Daredevil stuff. And you know that's like. Maybe that's kind of an optimistic, sort of rosy view of how things can work, but you know, there's a sense to which Frank Castle is making a choice between, you know, killing the people that he thinks are the bad guys and um, doing things the way Daredevil does them, Um, and and so he, so we can kind of look at it and be like, yeah, that's that's not the way. I'm not behind that, you know, and yet like the a character like the Punisher in Daredevil Season 2 works so well because he really is an anti-hero, right? Mm-hmm. And he's he's not the protagonist. He's not a hero, you know? He's definitely an anti-hero the way an anti-hero is, like, really an anti-hero. Whereas, you know, on the other end of the scale, if we look at Inigo Montoya or El Mariachi or The Bride from Kill Bill, yep. you know, they're, they're... Like, nobody else is going to do what they've decided to do. If no nobody's gonna bring the six fingered man like to justice or whatever, nobody's gonna do anything about him. Nobody's gonna do anything about Bucho, you know, in Desperado. Right. Nobody's gonna kill Bill if if the bride doesn't <laughs> kill Bill, you know. Like, and and so we can just look at it as those are the protagonists, and it's like, yeah, what else are they gonna do? They can either move along, which you know, there's an argument for that, or they can just go and and seek their revenge. And so there's not. You know this, like, well, you know this is. I don't think this is the way to do this. It's like it's just like, all right, well, that's what they're doing, you know. And just compared to like, you know, Frank Castle being like, which, which again, like, I love the character in that setting, and I'm not like necessarily judging him like morally, but I'm just like looking at what he's doing and be like,
0: there's there's other ways
1: you could go about this, you know. Well,
0: well, especially because to me, and I'm wondering if you're on the same page with this. Mm I, I, to me, the, as I think about these things, one of the things I think really differentiates like a person motivated by revenge versus not, is, is whether or not they are looking to protect people from this bad person mm. versus to yes. punish the bad person. I mean, right, again, right. Frank <laughs> Castle is literally the Punisher, and yeah. I think, because I think that's where, you know, that one of the things that I, we, we've talked a lot about criminal justice between you and I, I know, and I, I. For me personally, one of the reasons I'm so against the death penalty and against a lot of the way we do criminal justice now is we're not trying to stop crime. Right. We're trying to get this visceral pleasure out of hurting criminals and making criminals suffer. Um, And and I remember – I think a lot of times that, that that's couched in a whole like victim's rights idea. And I right. – there, there's a great interview I, I heard once from a, um, a guy who's now a, a very strong anti-death penalty advocate and he talked mm-hmm. about how – um, his son had been murdered and the murderer was caught and he worked every day for the death penalty for his son's murderer. Yeah. And then he woke up the day after the execution had been carried out and like nothing, you know, he didn't feel any better. Yeah. Um and, 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 and my point to there being just it's kind of an aside, but um I, 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 I think what you see a lot is these characters like the you know, as you said, Daredevil's gonna kill Daredevil and Batman both, you know, in theory tried to never kill anyone. Right. but certainly they don't take they try not to take pleasure in hurting people and and there's yeah. actually a great scene where you know I think it's Claire both the priest and Claire the nurse call Daredevil on this and he admits that he he does take some pleasure in hurting these people and he mm-hmm. really is he doesn't like that
1: right yeah Whereas
0: I think you know for Frank Castle I think it's not just that he thinks the cops won't you know, it, I, I, in in his mind, my interpretation of Frank Castle is, even if he thought the criminal justice system was perfect, even if he thought that he could guarantee that if he arrest, he helped the cops arrest these people, they would go to jail, he wants them dead. He wants them to die for what has happened. You know. Yeah, and I
1: think it's not. I, I, I mean, I think with Frank Castle, there is an element of for what they might do in the future. But I th- I think there's very much like a they deserve to die. Yeah. Like they should be dead. They should be wiped from the face of the earth because of the sort of people they are. And so he sees no like potential for redemption, which, you know, Daredevil as, as a Catholic, like he kind of has to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of like in the in the in the book somewhere. I don't know. I didn't read the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> it's it, you know, it's just a very fundamental different worldview and a view on justice and I, I think they both are thinking about justice you know whereas like some revenge characters are not really thinking about justice as much as just like no this is what i want to do you right. know but but there is i mean that i think that's the core of of vengeance really is a is kind of a sense of justice you know <laughs> of like well it, you know it's retributive justice that's right. the idea you know and, and and I, I think there's an extent to which the entire criminal justice system of most countries on earth are based around the idea of retributive justice rather than restorative justice, rather than like let's try to help the people who are doing the bad things to be people who are not doing the bad things.
0: Right. Which you is, know? I mean, and, we talked about it before. Batman does that. You know, Batman. He does. You know, he, he tries. You he, know, he tries to understand Harley. He try even in a couple settings he tries to reach out to Joker, you know, yeah. like um Arkham Asylum, I think, is a perfect example of very, very bad attempts at restorative <laughs> yes. justice, let alone very bad security. But Yeah, um, they
1: really they really need to I don't know, I, I <laughs>
0: Some better locks on the doors would help. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um well and, and here's a thought that I just had as we were talking about this. because one of the things I think to me when I think about a revenge story part of what I'm thinking of is this idea of that what happens in revenge story a lot is we cheer because the bad guys die in spectacularly awful entertaining ways.
1: Right. Um, Like they get blown up by a rocket launcher or
0: fired out of a guitar case or eaten by their own dogs. Yeah. Or or yeah. Or eaten by their own dogs in game of Thrones or um, you know, there's another, um, there's one scene in the desperado movie where a bad guy and this is not even someone we hate he's just you know thug number 22 but he's crouching behind a bar el mariachi can't quite shoot him and so he shoots a fan so the <laughs> fan falls on him and then we have the shot of like the blades of the fan still running and just hitting this dead guy in the face yeah and, yeah, like,
1: yeah it's funny <laughs>
0: yeah it's hilarious and i felt well, by awful a fan i mean that. it's
1: horrible but it's it's well, and he was just like the accountant, right? Yeah, like exactly. just like the accountant.
0: <laughs> And and but, but the, what I'm bringing up with this is I think like you never see that in Batman or Dare, or Daredevil, you know. Right. But Deadpool, you certainly well, see that, you know. There, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: Deadpool! There's great joy <laughs> taken in slicing someone's head off and then kicking it into another villain's head. Yeah.
0: Well, you and, know? and and here's where I'm going with this is I think and I don't know if Robert Rodriguez did this intentionally or not, but yeah. either way, it, it comes out well for most of the Desperado movie. El Mariachi wants revenge, and he is clearly taking pleasure, and we, the audience, are supposed to take pleasure in the spectacular way he kills the bad guys. By the end of the movie, he's realized that the head bad guy is actually his brother. We've had some reason to sympathize with him, and Desperado has, El Mariachi has come to have an understanding that vengeance isn't really why he wants to be motivated. As you said, he's, he's kind of had a change of heart. And so we never see Buccio's death. We right, see Al right. Mariachi, you know, bring his two guns yeah. out of his sleeves, yeah. fire the guns. It is clear that Bucho dies, but we don't see him die. And I'm what, like am – I, I, am I reading too much into this or do you think there's some well, element of – yeah, let we're just not,
1: interject. I, I mean I, I – so I was listening to you say that. And I was like, wow. Yeah, that's really kind of brilliant. Like – and then I was like, wait a minute. No, I think we see him get shot. <laughs> I think we only see him get shot. He's got a whole bunch of bullets in him. right. And um, then nobody, and then there's, and it fades to black, I, I think, I'm pretty sure. I,
0: I, yeah, I th- um, but I think it's a, it's a very brief. I mean, the fact that I forgot. We it. don't
1: see him dead. We don't see him yeah. lying on the ground. We don't. The consequence of that isn't. And yeah, so I mean,
0: com- compare I, that to Deadpool, where Francis gets to have the most epic death of all. You know. Right. Exactly.
1: But, it's very definitely different. So I, I'd, I'd say that if maybe the details of that point are are not a hundred percent. Yes. um accurate the, the the general point stands i i think that's that's very true um and and very interesting um the one thing though that i i sort of push back on is is that um i don't i don't think el mariachi is ever enjoying it mm-hmm. i don't i don't think he takes pleasure in i think i think he views hunting down Buccio and like whoever the head guys are as um but mostly, Bucho. He's basically just trying.
0: <laughs> yeah, he keeps just being... looking for a man
1: <laughs> who calls himself Bucho. That is all. <laughs> but they had to do it the hard way.
0: See, so, yeah, exactly. That—that's a know, line. He's... Yeah, he keeps trying to not. He—that's do... actually correct. He doesn't want to kill all these thugs.
1: He's like, I am not against you guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but I definitely—I was wondering where the Spanish but accent he know was as he quoted that, or uh, the Mexican accent. But, yeah. but I do think you're right. But I, I think, well, there's
1: a Spanish accent, actually, technically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean,
0: I, I think you're right, though, that he doesn't take pleasure. But but I guess maybe a better way to say the, it is – The audience does. Yeah, exactly. For we, sure. We, Brother the audience, Rodriguez
1: does. He's like, it's going to be awesome. You know?
0: <laughs> and, and therefore I think it's significant that the only death we don't have a like really cathartic, like, yeah, look at yeah, his dead body. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Is Bujo's.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree Totally. I yeah. think that's a very good point.
0: I think it, it gets to, um, yeah. So, so, so we're I'm trying to think where where we're we gonna cause we, we were gonna wrap up with the the Batman Gotham thing that you so helpfully mm. jumped us into 20 minutes I, early. Um, yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> so clearly, I need to take vengeance on you in some way for that. Um, uh, well,
1: yes, I have a. I do have a thought, but go go. Sure, to where no, you... go ahead.
0: I wanted to kind of move us towards wrapping up but say what are some of the kind of final thoughts i probably have one or two more things i want to get into but what are some of the kind of other things you want to just touch on
1: well i mean one thing that i think makes revenge a compelling story Mm -hmm. specifically for a movie um and i'm not i'm not sure if i can think of any tv shows that it really is compelling in the same way because like I think we've kind of covered that, like, we don't find Frank Castle's quest for vengeance really compelling. We find Frank Castle compelling as this complicated character. Yes. Right? And as the portrayal within that world of Daredevil. It's brilliant, you know? And it's brilliant partially because we're not just like, yeah, go Frank, kill them all, you know? it's, It's complicated, and there's weight to it, and, you know, one penny, two penny, you know, the one batch that's that was horrible that, yeah. can we edit that out no um, but moving on um the thing that i think really can make vengeance work as specifically as the premise for a movie which is basically like a long short story yep. is that vengeance is a quest yeah. you know and it's like it's just this very clear quest where it's like this is the hero you know and in these movies like in 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 the princess bride or desperado or v for vendetta it's like Maybe less V for Vendetta. But, like, the hero is a hero. Yeah. They're not an antihero. Like, why aren't they an antihero? Because cause there's no law. There's If they don't do it, no one else will. And the movie's just set up, like, no, this is the thing they're going to do. And maybe we'll talk about it a little, but, like, this is the thing they're going to do. You know, and vengeance is a quest. Like, for Inigo Montoya, it's been his whole life's quest to seek revenge on this one guy.
0: Well, and, and I actually, I th- I'm, I'm so glad you brought up V for Vendetta because I'd forgotten about that. But I think that's actually a perfect illustration of that because, again, let's add that to the list of things I'm about to horribly spoil for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what I, you know, in *V for Vendetta*, the character is doing two very distinct things, and he names them very clearly. One of which is he is trying to take vengeance on the specific people who did terrible things to him and to the other people who were in the prison with him, and yeah. he is also trying to inspire the rest of the country to rise up and take down the power structure that those people created and and bring about a whole new power structure in England. Yes. And one of the things that he does that I think is so brilliant is he says at the end that he knows he has to die as part of his quest for vengeance because he can't be part of that new world he wants to create. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's kind of a recognition of what, what you were saying before of, he wants vengeance, and he's okay with wanting vengeance. But his vengeance—he needs—he wants his cycle of vengeance to end before the new world can be built.
1: Yeah, I mean, he—he—he he, he, he wants Evie to do it yeah. to like start the new world. Basically, he's like, "You press the button, you know, you send the the bombs off, like right. because and and then make something better, yeah. you know. Like I, this is my quest, and w- once it's done, it's done." Right. You know, I'm not part of the new world.
0: Yeah, it's that same kind of Inigo Montoya, you know, like, now that I've been, I've been in the revenge business so long, what do I do now, you know?
1: Right. Also, what is it <laughs> you with... you make a wonderful Dread Pirate Roberts.
0: <laughs> what is it with Spanish guys in Revenge Quests? Revenge, <laughs> Yo, oh, yeah, that's actually know. a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, The last thing I wanted to bring up, and and then kind of hear other anything you want to touch on, and, and this is just... I think we've kind of said this in some ways, but I want to go a little more, more specific. In a lot of ways, I think maybe for me... The problem I have with revenge isn't necessarily revenge itself as a moral thing, but it's that when a character is motivated by revenge, it lets them justify some things that become mm. problematic, you know, like right. punish or killing everyone or, or things like that. And I, there's a wonderful line in Desperado where, as you said, um, Bucho has corrupted pretty much everyone in the town, including, it turns out, Carolina, the the woman who... Uh, Desperado ha- El Mariachi has has saved and she has saved him and they've slept together and he finds out that she actually is helping to to move the drugs through the town the way everybody else in the town is and he says to her, you know oh you're as bad as Bucho right and, and she just looks at him like he's crazy and and, and, and calls him out on it and I, right. I, I I think to me that's another interesting thing of when you start becoming motivated by by revenge, I think Punisher does this as well. It's hard to differentiate between shades of evil. You hmm. just start seeing anyone who is against you, anyone who is bad, is just bad. I have to kill them.
1: That is a loud vehicle outside.
0: That I was wondering what that noise was. Okay, <laughs> well I'm glad that was a vehicle and not like I'm sure they're going our, too fast on our computer <laughs> <laughs> happening. But but yeah, but I think that's an, that that to me is one other aspect of the revenge thing is you know. It can start to get to the point where you start seeing everyone who's against you is equally as bad. Um,
1: yeah, and it's it kind of goes to the whole the idea of an accomplice, yep. you know, or someone being complicit in something. That like, if one person is doing horrible things, and someone else is doing anything at all to help them, right? There's I think there's often this idea, oh, they're on their side, and there then to be held accountable for everything that one person's doing as opposed to maybe looking at like that person's also a victim of the person doing you know who's like really in charge oh yeah and they're compromising themselves sort of out, out of out of coercion yeah, out of being being coerced to do these things or you know i mean and sometimes it's it's profit motive and and that's sort of where you know it's like I think Daredevil thinks about, like, should I kill Wilson Fisk? Right. But he's not like, should I kill Wilson Fisk and everyone
0: who works for him? Right. I mean, you, I, you, you Which could... Which Punisher is like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you should. <laughs> I mean, you could take the story of Desperado and make it a completely different movie if you focused on the residents of this dirt poor town who have no career prospects, no rear chance of advancement, and the only way that they have a chance to feed their families is by hanging around this guy bucho and carrying a gun and then they're getting slaughtered by this homicidal right. you know guy who's never stopping to think like well, well but why is this guy being the accountant for bucho nope we're just going to have right, a fan right, drop exactly. on his head <laughs> yeah yeah
1: i was i was going to say before you got into the you know men- mentioned the the <laughs> El, El Mariachi uh-huh. being In that scenario I was like That's kind of like The plot for The Wire In some ways <laughs> like, Oh yeah
0: Exactly I mean, you know? I mean and
1: that's That's the thing That's where the like You know Why is it like When El Mariachi Goes and just Kills all of these You know dr- People involved In drug related crime That like It's like Yeah okay But like when <laughs> When Frank Castle Does it It's like oh, I don't know And like If someone did that In a world That was as real As The Wire It would be like Oh no yeah. No, that is not okay. <laughs> well, so why, you know?
0: why do you think that is? Maybe that's a good, like kind of closing question we can talk about.
1: I, because, I mean, because the wire's is like real, man, yeah. <laughs> you know, like those characters, every one of those characters has a personality. They, you know, they have family or friends. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like real life. And it makes you think like, okay, this is, I mean, this is a thing that happens in real life. It is currently happening in the Philippines. Their, their president is called the Punisher. Oh, yeah. Like, people call him that. They also call him the Trump of the Philippines, which <laughs> kind of, maybe that reflects poorly on the Punisher. I don't know. But, the, you know, the point is, is, like, this is actually a thing that governments do, right? Oh, and, sure. like, in any kind of real-world setting, it's terrible. But if you take... If, if you can get far away enough from a real-world setting, or if you can take it to basically what what amounts to, like, a Wild West setting, then it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, like, in Ego Montoya, that's in the Middle Ages or whatever, right. right? Like, El Mariachi, sure, it's in the 90s, right? Um, but, but it's like it feels like the Wild West. It feels like a couple hundred years ago. Right. And under certain circumstances, like if the law will absolutely do nothing, it's a lot easier to go like, yeah, okay, like, you know, they exist in worlds where there's there's no law or the law is totally corrupt, evil, and oppressive, and if, if they don't do something, then nobody will, right? Yeah,
0: and I think you're exactly right there. I think part of it is that, that we're, we've set up the idea that no one else is going to do anything, but we've also kind of set up the idea of – this is a world so different than our own that the normal rules don't apply, right? You know, and that's that. That's why that that first gun jumps into Mariachi's El Mariachi's hand. Yeah. So, because and says, then he shoots someone, and the guy flies across the room. <laughs> yeah. it, that's, it's a, that's not not physics. <laughs> it, it's a way of sort of Robert Rodriguez saying, "Listen, there's a movie in the other you know theater across the hall that's going to make you think about real world issues. If you want, go have fun right. there." Here I'm just going to entertain you for a little while. Yeah, and
1: to even, like, just step that up a little bit more, mm -hmm. the movie begins – it literally begins with a guy telling a tall tale. Yes, exactly. So it's like – it's almost like the director, the writer, who's the same guy, being like, hey, I'm going to tell you a tall tale. Like, it's going to be outrageous. Get ready for it. And I think the
0: other thing that's so great about his story and that ties in with what you were just saying is, you know, as you were saying, like, part of – we can we're okay with vengeance if we totally dehumanize the people we're taking vengeance on and that's right. both an interesting storytelling technique and it's also kind of a horrific thing that happens in the world you know like yes. you said like donald trump talks about the immigrants and just makes them like this huge mass of people who are all right. rapists and murderers so you never have to think about their individual stories you right know? um ha- have you seen the uh, the, the, I, the dungeon that, oh go ahead
1: i i just this is just too good um because he does that and he does really well in the polls, but yeah. then he actually goes over after a specific judge yes. for his Mexican heritage, and it actually affects him in the polls. So I think in the in the holes, uh, geez, <laughs> in the that. same with when um, he go,
0: goes after the Muslim parents of a Muslim soldier, right? Guy exactly, and that affects country. him
1: in the polls differently than just going after Muslims in general. And I think it just speaks to that, like people kind of. You know, you use words describing a group of people, and so easy to be like, oh, those people. But if you look at a specific person, it's like, oh, that person, you know, and people don't have the same stomach for it.
0: And there's great – I mean, like there's been great um, studies done about how we – during World War II, there was uh, a lot of propaganda to like completely dehumanize the Japanese. Right. um, Which I think is part of what then makes dropping an atomic bomb seem more okay. Um, Sure. You know, so I think that there's something... Really...
1: We're incarcerating 100,000 of them, in, you know, in, in Amer- on American soil.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or And
1: not of them, because of us, you know. Right, but, yeah.
0: You know. I mean, I think just that, just that creation of the us and them. Yeah. Whereas I think you're right, The Wire does this fantastic job of saying, there is no us and them. Everybody yeah. is us, you know. hmm um, And I want to close just by saying, because um, so this is hilarious, but also a perfect example of this. Have you seen the Dungeons & Dragons meme that's been going around on the internet? About the orc who's killed.
1: Uh, no.
0: So so it's about the and I have no idea if this is apocryphal or a real story, but it's just yeah. it, a me a story that's being told on the internet about a guy who is running a dungeons a player who's in a Dungeons and Dragons game, and they walk into a dungeon and they see an orc guarding something and just you know he's an orc they're they're player characters in Dungeons and right. Dragons they kill the orc yeah and they and they, the storyteller for whatever reason is deciding to have a little fun with them, and so he. They, they search the orc, and they find this note on the orc that the orc's oh. wife wrote, and it says, oh. you know, given that our son is sick, I know you hate being away from him, but we're so glad you got that job guarding the wizard's castle, and we, we can't wait for you to come back home with the money you're going to make, and, you know, I hope that you're safe, and we're going to, you know, little Billy the orc, your son, is waiting for you, and we'll build a oh. cake for you. And he says that, like, the, the player characters just felt so horrified and spent the rest of the game trying to, like, raise money to save up and, like, take care of this orc's family who <laughs> they just <laughs> hopelessly slaughtered.
1: It's so wrong, but it's so right. <laughs>
0: I know! And so so that's kind of, I think, just the, you know, I, I think that's the perfect way to end this, is talking about, yeah. um, you know, that's... I, I, I love a good revenge story. I, I think... I watch the fan hit the guy's face, and i I love it because it's hysterical right yeah, but it, but I think great. what i what I love about Batman and Daredevil is that they really kind of help us remember that yeah sure that that makes good entertainment, but when we start to bring that into more real world settings, there's something pretty problematic there,
1: yeah, totally. I mean the more real the setting the 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 harder it is to get behind something that just you know doesn't strike me as a very good idea in a real world setting,
0: yeah. Well, because the easier it becomes for someone like Donald Trump or the president of the Philippines to say, yeah, well, no, this is what we want, you know? Exactly. that revenge. Exactly. So. Because
1: then, yeah, because then it's like, well, what if people do that in real life, which they do? Yeah. So, you know.
0: Absolutely. That's bad. <laughs> to be sure. <laughs> to be sure. Well, cool. Well, thank you again, Paul, for uh, being a part of this great discussion. I hope you're going to be a, a guest on future things. Um, uh, you should let everyone know how they can reach you, especially because – Everybody who's been enjoying Paul's thoughts, um, he keeps promising to write something for my blog and not doing it. So I want all of you to um, uh, tweet at Paul and tell him what uh, a good thinker he is and how much you want to hear his ideas so we can encourage him to to write for us. Um, Yeah, yeah, do that. Peer pressure. That's a great idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That works really well on me. Yeah,
0: in particular. (laughs) Actually, none of you do that. That will horribly backfire. Right. No, um, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but the narcissistic angle would—that—that'll sure. it'll get it done. Ego stroking. Yeah. It's not that- the pure, exactly, exactly. Okay,
0: so all ego stroking and narcissistic enabling uh, comments towards you should be directed where?
1: At Zen Madman, um, for, on Twitter or okay. ZenMadman.com uh, is my website. Awesome. My like personal website where I just talk about whatever.
0: Cool. Well, thank you again, Paul, for being a part of this. Uh, my name is Matthew. Uh, I'm the, and you can find my stuff at superheroethics.com, which is where the blog is, which is the host of both uh, some of our articles and some of our podcast, our podcasts. Uh, but you can also find the podcast itself, Superhero Ethics, um, on iTunes. Uh, please tell us what you thought. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, if you have ideas for future shows, uh, you want us to go into. If you have comments to this. Please leave them on Facebook or tweet at us, and please leave a review on iTunes. That's going to help us um, get other people to notice the show and, and hope spread the word. So thank you again, and have a great day.